Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> That. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Greetings and welcome inside Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, a podcast in which we look back at a specific year and a very special team or teams in the world of sports and what made them stand out. In a bit of a 1980s run right now, because it's been a very popular decade for that you've wanted us to break down some teams and games and things going on for. So we're going to continue that on and take a look at what some of the worst of the year 1981 was. But here's a twist. We have a really bad worst worst, but then we have worst that turned out to be almost best, if that makes sense, Mike Carmen. I don't know if it does, but I think it does. Well, you know what? You've got to talk it out. Sometimes, you know, best laid plans, all of those kind of things. But yeah. the the idea being that, uh, yeah, you you've, sometimes you got to hit absolute depths before, you know, you can rise like the Phoenix in Arizona to steal from the late Jerry Stiller. I mean, there's got to be you know, that rock bottom. I mean, as a Mets fan, you know that. No, no, no. As There's no Jets such thing fan. as rock bottom. You just, you hit the bottom and you keep digging going, nope, I am going through this and I'm going to get through to the floor. There's got to be a level of magma. And then under that, there's got to be some kind of moving tectonic plates. And then under that, maybe then I get to the bottom. But no, no, no. I'm going to keep digging through the mud and the sludge and go all the way through to the center of the earth. Wow. Straight to the Earth's yeah. crust, which makes me want to eat a pizza. So, mm, Earth's crust. Yeah. How come no one's ever done that? Had a pizza and called it Earth's crust? Or is there a place? Oh, that's I'm sure called, there's somebody out there. Is there a place that's called Earth's crust pizza? Earth's crust pizza. Hey, yeah, listen, can I get uh, double anchovies and one with pepperoni? Yep, you got it. Get it out there in a half hour. How hot is your pizza oven? I, I got, uh, you know what? I looked at right now. This is really fair. Earth's crust pizza uh let's see there there is an earth crust pizza in montana who knew seems like we're gonna have to it's an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet buddy yes it is well well so maybe not anymore then yeah well but maybe you just have to go sit in the yeah i don't think any sit in the parking lot and then you go walk back (laughs) in and say more So what we I mean, the new scientist magazine said that uh, the Earth's crust is just like a pizza dough. So there you go. No, that means that there's like a big level layer of cheese on it. 
Ooh, walking cheese. through cheese. Boy, if I could walk through cheese and just pick up cheese and put it in my mouth, it's like Homer in the land of chocolate. <laughs> he picks up the dog and takes a bite out of it as it runs by him. <laughs> Ooh, chocolate, half price. Like, everything's made of chocolate. It's free, eat anything. Ah, the Simpsons. But that's what we have going on today. We have a worst of the worst in 1981, and then we have the worst of the worst that actually becomes nearly the best of the best. So we'll save that for later on. Uh, Let's get into what was possibly and probably the worst single season defense in the history of the National Football League. Now, immediately people want to jump back and go, oh, look at the Saints in 2012. Right? They have over 7,000 yards. It was a horrendous season. But this is an age in the National Football League where everybody is throwing the football and you have inflated passing statistics. So 7,000 yards, even though it's really, 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 really bad, doesn't compare to this team that gave up 6,800 yards in 1981 when teams threw the football about four times a game. So it's not like you were facing all these big offensive juggernauts. We put it in the, in the late 2000s. Everybody's throwing the football quarterbacks throwing for three. No, no, no. This is 7,000 yards. That stinks. This was 6,800 yards back in 1981. In 1981, three yards in a cloud of dust. And even the passes that were thrown up, let's face it, completion percentages were trash. Yeah, if you were 50%, you were a good quarterback. Right, because interceptions were not looked at the same way at all. And ball possession, which is kind of funny. Did they just not have the computers to run the stats? No, you know how big computers were in 1981? It's like the entire room is one computer. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing, though, that people didn't catch on to this sooner. You know, if we go to the short and intermediate game, we will be more effective and keep moving the ball. Nope. Throw for the downs. The 1981 then Baltimore Colts worst NFL defense in history. Here's the evidence. Now, first of all, actually, they had pretty decent expectations in 1981. They still had Burt Jones at quarterback. Roger Carr was a pretty good wide receiver. Curtis Dickey was projected to be a pretty good running back. These are the names you mm-hmm. probably remember uh, from the Colts teams. David Shula, former Bengals head coach, was a wide receiver on this team. But things just went absolutely terrible from the jump. They went. I two- found one good name, though. You did get an all-name team guy. Okay, go ahead. What do you got? Linebacker Joe Fetterspiel. Yeah, Fetterspiel is pretty good. It's a tough name to say in the heat of battle. Good play, Fetterspiel. I can see you messing that up a lot. And And maybe you call him Glockenspiel at some point. Oh, That was probably his nickname was Glockenspiel. Yeah, he eventually became an SEC referee, by the way. Oh, and they probably call him the Glock. I bet you I was like, hey, what's up, Glock? (laughs) But it's, okay, I get it, Glock, Glock. Yeah, but see, that has other connotations, and now you've gone into a deep, dark place. No, it's just a nickname like Clock, except it's Glock, except it's for Glock and Spiel. With spiel. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> this Colts team, just to give you the framework, before you give you with some stats, you're going to go, there's no way this happened. They actually went 2-14. and 14. They won their first game against New England. Hey, congratulations. Back This is when Baltimore was in the AFC East. They then lost 14 games in a row. And then they beat New England the final week of the regular season. Yeah, they did. New England also finished 2-14 and 14 in the AFC East. So these were the only wins Baltimore had. They beat New England to open the season. Hey, we're feeling great. Then they lost 14 in a row. And then they beat New England to end the season. So at least you can say, well, we started strong, we finished strong. And if we played New England every week, maybe they're 16-0. and 0. But they don't. So this is what they wind up. 
Well, what's funny though is just the when you think about all right, how bad does this team have to be, right? You get the bookends where you you have these wins, go to tiebreakers, all of that kind of fun stuff. But looking at the the Patriots schedule, they they had their moments of uh, well dominance. They held six opponents to nineteen points or fewer. Mm-hmm. During the season. So, uh, put themselves in position, but an absolutely anemic offense leads you to the woeful two and four record, 14 record, I should say, uh, including two losses to these historic Baltimore Colts. Here's how bad the Colts were. Okay. Here, here's some numbers that it just blow you away. They allowed 533 points on the season. All right. That's an average of 33 a game. They scored 259. Okay. So they gave up twice as many points as they scored. This isn't a 100 point differential. Like you see the worst teams in the NFL. Oh boy, we got outscored by hundred points. They scored 259. They gave up 533. They literally gave up twice as many points as they scored. That's how bad of a defense this was. I mean, it wasn't a great offense, but boy, that's how bad a defense this was. Well, if, if you laid some money down on them against the number, <laughs> And you took the over. You and really did. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> they you took the over every week. How far can we stretch it, guys? Just keep going. Uh, you know, it's just that curiosity, right? At some point, you would think there'd be some consistency and something would click. But as you mentioned, it's not like you're walking around with a bunch of household names that even went somewhere else and became pivotal cogs in some other machine. Uh, this is just, you know, not good for anybody. Uh, as you were rolling through 533 points, they gave up 425 yards per game. Four football fields per game. Just staggering. This is a season in which the Colts gave up 35 points or more in nine games. Nine games. They allowed 35 points or more. They allowed 307 points in the first half of games. That means teams were averaging 20 points in the first half against them. So whatever you have, you're allowing 20. A team is walking at a halftime going, boy, we feel great. We scored 20 points. This is this is terrific. Um, All those early adopter fantasy leagues were having a blast, though. <laughs> I mean, this look, this Colts defense still had a couple of good players on it. Right? You know, you had John Dutton, who wound up getting traded during the season. You know, uh, you had a couple. You had Bruce Laird, who was a pretty good, strong safety. Nesby Glasgow was a pretty decent cornerback turned into. You had a couple of decent players on this team, but this defense was just so bad. And maybe the, the, the best, most damning statistic is what I'm going to give you right now this is how bad Uh-oh. it was okay they only returned 12 punts all season punt return wow. so nobody punted they returned 12 punts that's less than one punt return a game you could have gotten by without a punt returner because all you do is let the ball hit the ground right okay we'll take over wherever wow. it is they returned 12 punts and they had 13 sacks on the season <laughs> In, in a full in 16 games, they had 13 sacks. So every game they basically were good for almost one punt return and almost one sack. That's how wow. bad it was for the Colts. Think about that. We, cause we, we have a good laugh at it here in 2020, uh, when a team goes through and doesn't punt. 
It's like, all right, that guy got a check and just got to hang out and do his weird ball tricks like he's in the middle of training camp. <laughs> uh, and you go through. I mean, that that's just amazing. Uh, I'm looking at the the totals from last year, and it's just staggering. Thinking 13 for an entire year, you're low in 2019 was the Dolphins with 23 only three more teams finish with fewer than 30. And then your league leaders, Steelers, Panthers, Saints, and Rams all finish with at least 50 mm. just by way of contrast. I mean, that's, that's just pathetic for a pass <laughs> rush. That's, that's almost like you're not trying. Uh, Mike McCormick was the head coach and he only made it through this year and then he got fired. Uh, and, and as if all those stats, all the number, how bad this defense was losing games, the way they did look, they beat the Patriots 29, 28. Then they lost 35, three, 28, 10, 31, 28, 23, 17. No, then 41, 19. Again, they gave up 43, then 42, then 27, then 41, then 38, then 35. It was just a pummeling all season long, right? But this is okay. It's historically bad. They got a really bad defense, maybe one of the worst defenses ever. They couldn't stop anybody. But this story about the Colts season may give you everything you need to know outside of the fact that, boy, this defense was bad. All right, check this out. So I told you, you know, Burt Jones was still a pretty decent quarterback. And things got so bad at one point. This is then Colts owner Bob Ursay, who players hated, right? John Dutton, who got traded in the middle of the season, said, I'll do anything Dallas wants me to do right now except shoot someone. He was so happy to get off the Baltimore Colts. That was his his big quote after he got traded, right? All of these things, they couldn't stand it. Burt Jones, oh, it 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 was just one of those seasons where you couldn't believe what the owner did. Bob Ursay, at one point during a loss to Philadelphia in November, they lost 38-13. The owner got so mad, he jumped into the booth and started calling plays from the coach's booth. This is fantastic. He started calling offensive plays from the booth. So Burt Jones said he just ignored them. Like every time the play call came in to go left, he would go right. If it was a run, he would call a pass. But Bob Ursay calling plays from the coach's booth. In fact, he says uh, that he called one of Burt Jones's touchdown passes in this game. Burt Jones says, no, I just went and did my own thing. The players couldn't stand Ursay, but not even Jerry Jones, Mike. I, I, I know he's probably been tempted to i could just uh get the headphones off of jason and uh yeah just uh start calling plays because i know the names of some of them you know there's that uh red ride 88 or did i see that on nfl films uh what about that 65 toss power trap let's run that no that's another nfl films not even jerry jones on his worst day says you know sorry slide over i'm gonna start calling plays but this was the nfl where the owner comes in and starts calling plays in 1981 how fantastic would that be though Jerry Jones finally just, you know, before Jason Garrett was dismissed saying, you know what? I got, I got something for Dak. I got, I got something special. I cooked up on this here napkin and he's got some weird ass alignment, still legal uh, in terms of formations, but just crazy town. I mean, there's several owners that, you know, you would not be surprised if they actually did it. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if, 
Ursay, uh, Jim Ursay would do this <laughs> while playing guitar. I always wanted to do that. Uh, you know, that, I was always jealous that he did that. I really would like to do yeah. that. He, he's playing Jimi Hendrix's guitar <laughs> while calling plays and sending it down to Philip Rivers. Maybe you just have to wait. That's why Andrew Luck retired. I couldn't, I couldn't take it because, you know, all the Ursays, they all want to call plays now. So I just had to walk out. It was just too much for me. I was done. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> This was the season that was for the 1981 Baltimore Colts looking at being the worst defense in NFL history. Coming up next, uh, two things that were really bad, and then they met together and things got really good. I'll explain. Trust me, I'll explain it all coming up next right here on special teams. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. From the worst of the NFL, and boy, the Colts were really that bad, to the NBA and the 1981 Western Conference playoffs. Because in 1981, things really got weird in something that we have never seen anything even close to this since this happened. Now, we had the Knicks make it to the NBA Finals in 1999 in the the lockout year. They were an eight seed and they pulled a bunch of upsets. We watched the Golden State Warriors as an eight seed pull a few upsets a few years ago, knocking out the Mavericks. They were the number one seed, but normally the bottom seed doesn't make it to the NBA Finals. Also, normally the bottom two seeds don't make it to the conference finals. But this is what happened in 1981. The NBA regular season ended with the Suns at the top, best record in the Western Conference. The Suns were loaded, followed by the Spurs. The Lakers were third. Remember, this is the early days of Magic Johnson. The Blazers were fourth. And in fifth and sixth place, because it was the top six teams that made the NBA playoffs back then, were the Kings and the Rockets. The Kansas City Kings, who was before they moved to Sacramento, the Kansas City Kings and the Houston Rockets. The five and six seeds, the two lowest seeds, both make the playoffs with records of 40 and 42. Who do you think winds up playing in the Western Conference Finals? The Kings 
and the Rockets. Again, this is a journey that no one could. This is never going to happen in the NBA. You're never going to see seven, eight seeds pull these big upsets and saying, hey, we're playing here in the in the conference finals. But it happened here in 1981. Both teams finished 17 games out of first place. They were under 500 on the road. They, they, they were just an average team. Couldn't even finish even 500. But the Kings and the Rockets make it to the Western Conference Finals. Bolstered by the fact that the Dallas Mavericks were an absolute train wreck. The Utah Jazz with 28 wins allowed you to get fat a little bit and overcome the other members of the Pacific Division, which had several teams in the mid-30s in terms of wins. Like, thank you very much. We're under five. Like nowadays, think about all the ink that gets slung when it happens. Remember the Seahawks when they were seven and nine mm-hmm. and you, you would have thought the world was ending. Like everything we knew about sports was going into some wormhole uh, and, and the pundits were out for blood. No, we, they should just not be a playoff team. The playoffs should go a team short. It's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, <laughs> but Folks advocated for so many random tweaks to playoff rules. And you know what? They're, they're anomalies. And this one sure stands out all these years later. Only time two teams with losing records met in the conference finals, right? So how did they get there? Well, let's do the Kansas City Kings first. Uh, Kansas City was led by Otis Birdsong, who had a terrific NBA career. The guy scored 25 points a game, you know, late 70s, early 80s. Otis Birdsong was fantastic. Phil Ford was terrific. NBA Rookie of the Year in 79. They both were all-star players. All right, Scott Wedman, before he settled into being a rotation piece for the Celtics uh, throughout most of the mid-80s, when everybody watched Lakers Celtics on TV, he was pretty decent. And so Kansas City had some talent. I mean, some talent, because they finished 500. They weren't really great. Well, they're just a just a game. One game decided it, right? Yeah. Go forty-one and forty-one. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, true. And also, but they also missed making the playoffs by a game because the Warriors almost snuck in at thirty-nine and forty-three. So they were that close to being out too. Uh, now their first round, they played Portland, who wasn't that much better. They won two out of three. They won a couple of games in overtime. But then their reward is they get the Phoenix Suns. All right, the number one seed in the West. This is going to be pretty easy. They knock off the Suns in seven games. They had a three games to one lead. Kansas City jumped out and the Suns, who like to play a lot of players, they were loaded. Dennis Johnson, Walter Davis, Truck Robinson, they were all-stars. They were so deep and they just kept running players out there. You know, their rotations going through. They were so good, but they couldn't beat the Kings. But they come back to tie at 3-3. Before the Kings win game seven on the road. But check this out. Not only do the Kings win game seven in Phoenix, where you think, okay, there's a lot of silliness here. Now the Suns are going to straighten up and win. The Kings won without Birdsong and Ford, who were both hurt. Birdsong played a little bit with a sprained ankle, but but Ford was out. He got he got hit in the eye, and somehow they were able to win that game. So the so the worst team in the West is able to beat the best team in the East without their two best players. Okay, so th- this is like looking at a team like this is like if if the Portland Trailblazers beat the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs this year, and they and they won Game Seven without Lillard and McCollum. I mean, that's that's the equivalent of what the Kansas City Kings did to beat the Suns and move on to the Western Conference Finals. I'm just going to put it in its most blunt terms. 
That would have been so 2020. <laughs> yes, it would have been. Yes, right? you are correct. Absolutely, because it'd be something forever that you'd be looking back going, that really can't be right, can it? No. Can it? <laughs> no, it, it, it is. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's strange when you watch teams that are that are well put together that have some depth to them and guys assuming roles right we watched it a couple of years ago what the Celtics were trying to do with all that young nucleus and then you you were, you're missing Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and all those guys grew into roles really fast so when the veterans came back it's like all right no we don't got room for you we got problems and what did you have dysfunction and you know Dude had to leave uh, in Kyrie uh, and Jason Tatum and all the young guys, you know, building off of that. I, I guess here you look to some veteran leadership, not that he played a, a ton of games for them, but I mean, you did have Jojo White finishing up his career there. Oh, Motivational yeah. speaker. Yeah, he did some commercials too, Jojo White, if I remember. Sure. I, I think I, I think he did. He was in a cut like in the early '80s when certain guys would do commercials, and they were all like the the stars of the '70s and like ex ABA stars, and they were the ones that were in the big commercials in the early '80s. And I'm like, oh, who's that? Guy? I remember it was just one of those weird things where certain guys were in commercials, and I'm like, well, I don't know who that is. Well, I, I don't I don't know. Am I supposed to know who that is? I don't, I don't know who that is. Well, now, you were trying to pick out all the characters from the uh, what was it? The Miller Light ads, right? Right. Well, because it is great less filling it's like who's that guy in the back yeah and also you didn't know who anybody was because wh- when did i see the kansas city kings play in 1981 no that's right fair point i saw the knicks play unfortunately i saw the knicks play oh the knicks <laughs> actually i saw the knicks play and then you saw whatever like the game of the week was or whatever you know you saw on a saturday or a sunday and you would see those teams once and how many times were they no, showing right. teams with you know 40 wins they weren't showing them no, there and you didn't have these pa- packages and hell the finals were on tape delay <laughs> so <laughs> wasn't like you were seeing it live anyway. Here oh. it is. Well, we edited out some parts where it really didn't matter. <laughs> but this Suns team that that could have gone to the NBA finals. Oh, uh, look, they had those three great players. Alvin Adams had a really good season. I mean, this team was loaded and they wind up going home and the Kings go to the Western Conference Finals. Now, how did the Rockets get there? Well, the Rockets, a little bit of a different story. It's their first year in the Western Conference because they've been in the Eastern Conference for so long. But now the Mavericks were in the league and 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 they put so they they reconfigured everything. And so the Rockets are in the Western Conference. Conference. Now they're led by Moses Malone, who was in his peak as a dominant player. I mean, Moses Malone was average 27 and 15. I mean, he was one of the greatest centers in NBA history. And this and he was let him. you know it too. Oh, yeah. No, he was never shy about it. Moses Malone would always tell you how good he was and how bad the players he was playing against was. He almost was kind of like an almost as fun Shaq. You know, like Moses Malone was yeah. great and he was outspoken, but he wasn't as much fun as Shaq was. Like he would say things and we'll get to a couple of things he said that he probably shouldn't have. But he, he was always outspoken, but he was never the, you know, the fun side that Shaq had with him. But he would always say what was on his mind. He would he would give bulletin board material to the other team. Moses Malone just didn't care. But then again, when you're that big and that talented, I, I, I don't I don't think it mattered to Moses Malone. Well, I mean, the fact that you didn't have any better nickname than chairman of the boards. It was it was the early '80s. There weren't that many nicknames. No, yeah, come on, was that was 80s. coming out of disco and all that nonsense. <laughs> there should have been some really creative 
fools up in there trying to make their own. Well, especially, especially since the- everybody was buying posters for four ninety nine to put on their walls. Oh, I know. They could have called him Moses because he was good down low. They could have called him Post Malone. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Wow. Done I really now. thought you were going to go for a dominating in the low post in the lane, parting like the Red Sea. Oh, no. Come on, Moses. That's too easy. I mean, that was Charlton Heston, right, Moses? He was yeah. Moses? Charlton Heston? Yeah. Let no, my too people easy. go. You're absolutely I, right. Let my guards get on the fast break. So Malone is in his peak as a dominant player. Calvin Murphy, also a terrific year. This is Legend. the year in which he made 78 straight free throws, set an NBA record, 78 straight free throws. Rudy Tomjanovich, before he became a, a big-time head coach in the NBA. Mike, Mike Dun- Dunleavy. Mike Dunleavy Sr. People think, yeah. Mike Dunleavy Jr. played back in it? Yes, Mike Dunleavy Jr. was playing back in 81. Well, he's he's actually um, <laughs> like uh, Admiral Hux when he was in about time and he could time travel. <laughs> <laughs> you got an Admiral Hux. Very nice. Well, you know, it's you got to get Donald Gleason in where you can. So this was actually a big first round series because the Rockets had to play the Lakers. Now, the Lakers are coming off winning the NBA title the year before, but things just were different for them. You know, seeing what the Lakers had to say, Magic Johnson was very outspoken about the Lakers following their loss here. Uh, it was it was very difficult, difficult year for the Lakers, but they go down to defeat. And, and this is a rocket team that sometimes played with four big men. And it would, you know, you think about playing small ball now here, the Rockets, they would put four big men out there. They wound up winning in five games and it was probably Magic Johnson's worst playoff game ever. He was two out of 14 from the floor, six out of seven from the free throw line. He missed two free throws that could have won the game with 30 seconds left. This was the worst playoff game of Magic Johnson's career, right? Game five, the Lakers were in a series they didn't expect to be in. He goes two out of 14 from the floor, six out of 11 from the free throw line, right? Magic misses two free throws with 30 seconds left. That could have changed the outcome of the game. Rockets lead 86-85. This is after Magic shooting terribly, missing the free throws. Magic goes into the lane, kind of hesitates, and puts up an air ball. I mean, Magic Johnson puts up an air ball from the middle of the lane. Malone gets the rebound, hits two free throws. The Rockets win, and they knock the Lakers out. I actually remember watching this specific game as a kid because it was game five, and the Lakers, look, the Lakers and the, and the Celtics were basketball royalty, all right? There was, the rivalry with Bird and Magic was just getting going. When the Lakers and Celtics, this is what you watched for. And I, I remember in my basement watching this game going, oh, Magic Johnson's going to hit this, and he's going to win. And he put up an air ball, and the whole next week, every Every single kid I knew in school would like take up, like crumple up a piece of paper and throw it and miss, like throwing it in, in the in the uh, in the garbage. Going Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson, because you know on the East Coast, you if you even even though you know you grew up a Knicks fan, you were a Celtics fan when they played the Lakers, right? Because you were sure. it was East Coast versus West Coast, and everybody just made fun of Magic. Everybody in school that week, oh, missing stuff. You you try to throw something to somebody and they would miss it. And they go, oh look at Magic. I mean, it was that miss was horrendous for Magic. I can't believe he actually had a playoff game that way. And as I mentioned, he, he, he got into after the game was over that it wasn't the best year for them. And, and maybe there were certain things that went on that he didn't really go into details on that shouldn't have went on. And maybe they needed to take things more seriously. And clearly losing in the first round of the Rockets, you could say, OK, Magic, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, you, you look at that game, uh, the final 
but he goes two of 14 from the field. Yeah. Woo. Right. Uh, and then you get into the next year and it's 11 games into the season when Pat Riley takes over and the rest is history. Hey, guess what? I think we need a new head coach. Who do we need, Riles? Uh, me. And I'm going to go bring We're going to call it showtime. Oh, that's a good idea. Hey, and there go the Lakers. He probably trademarked that too, that <laughs> crafty son of a gun. So they beat the Lakers and they beat the Spurs in seven games to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Murphy, who was the shortest player in the league, uh, scored 42 points in game seven. So now you have the Kansas City Kings and the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. Coming up next, we'll tell you how it shook out and why Moses Malone really should have kept his mouth shut. This is special teams. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. So the series everybody thought we were getting, the Kansas City Kings and the Houston Rockets, to go to the NBA Finals to take on the Boston Celtics. Otis Birdsong, uh, you know, the star for the Kansas City Kings, didn't play in game one and game two. He was still hurt and didn't play until game three. And he had limited minutes. And that was a crusher for the Kings. I mean, in the Western Conference Finals, they just couldn't stop Moses Malone. Malone was right. 29 and 12 in game one, 42 and 23 in game four, 36 and 11 in game five. I mean, maybe the series is different if Birdsong is healthy and he plays, but this wasn't even close. Like, you know, okay, we're going to get this seven games of blood on the floor and hair on the walls. And it was just Houston said, we have the best player. It's Moses Malone, and they rode him all the way through, just like the Lakers or or an Orlando Magic team would do with Shaq when they didn't have a lot or enough behind him. It was, okay, this is the guy that's going to get us through. And whereas, you know, the Lakers were able to, to figure out the team around Shaq and, and get it to a championship, boy, the, the Rockets they just weren't able to do it. And, and like I said, this is the best Moses Malone that you had over the course of his career. 27.4 points per game in this series, uh, dominant in the low post. I mean, it just when the big man reigns supreme, right? We watch bully ball as teams are in, you know, 2019, 2020, the game, uh, 
it changes, but that's still the elemental piece. If you got a guy that can dominate in the low post and can be remotely functional at the line, Moses was 39 of 52 in the series. But if you're remotely functional, you know, the, you're not just going to play the hack a shack game, but even doing that, I mean, the opportunities are immense to, to rack up points and opportunities, foul trouble, all of that things, you know, changing the rotations, forcing some of the lesser players in. And, and Moses, you go back and watch some of that film. He's a man among boys in a lot of cases, just in terms of body structure. He was he was a guy that I remember because, you know, right around I, I started watching basketball right around Bird Magic. Right. That, that was my, sure. my exposure to it. I remember watching the national championship game. My uncle was such a big Larry Bird fan and he was all oh, let's watch. And I watched and that was like my birth of basketball. So still, I'm learning about a lot of players at this point when I'm this young. And I just remember remember Moses Malone going, this guy is so great. This guy is so great. And, then, you know, you see Bird and you see Magic play. But Malone, because he's so big. And he's so dominant and, and he could do whatever he wanted to. It was, I, I don't understand why he doesn't win a championship every single year because he, he's just that big. Uh, but then we watch Malone really get a little bit too big for himself. See what I did there? See what I did with all that? That was pretty good. I like that. I got, so, yeah. so I get paid. Nah, that's why you're a broadcast professional, my friend. I get that. So the Rockets win. And look, like I said, it wasn't a great or a very close series. The Rockets win this and clearly they were the better of the team. And like I said, maybe if Otis Burnsong played a little bit more, if he was back to being himself, it could have gone a little bit further. But the Rockets go to the finals. They are huge underdogs to the Boston Celtics, right? The Celtics are walking in here going, oh my God, we're going to crush them and win this. Yeah, you had you had the bottom seat in the West make it all. We have to worry about the Lakers, the Suns, anybody. And Moses Malone trash talks Boston, who had a tough time keeping up with all the bulletin board material they had to write down. Oh, Malone said something else. Something else. He called the Celtics <laughs> chumps. He said they ain't that good. At one point, he said, I could get four guys off the street in my hometown and we can beat them. I mean, this you is said that like it's wrong. <laughs> Why not? Why if look if you're gonna go down, go down swinging and with a good press headline. He he must have had a great hometown. I mean, that's a great hometown team. I'm telling you. Is it like was it like Space Jam? We had all the other best players, and they were. Oh, I got Bernard King. I got a bunch of guys. Oh, we're all gonna come and play. We'll, we'll beat you guys. We we'll great. I like the way that I like the way you talk. <laughs> um. So while for Malone, it probably wasn't the smartest thing to take on the Celtics and, and well, continue no. to give them material the way they did. He wasn't really wrong because the Celtics, look, they should have won this series going away. But instead, the Rockets gave him a tough time. Look, the series was tied 2-2 before the Celtics win the last two games. And one of the reasons why is because this was not a great NBA Finals for Larry Bird. Larry Bird really struggled many times throughout this. He wasn't the NBA Finals MVP. It was Cedric Maxwell, a big game five he had with 28 and 15, but Bird didn't play well. If you had a normal NBA Finals from Larry Bird, well, maybe then this is a sweep or it's 4-1, but the Rockets, they hung in a lot longer than people expected and took the Celtics at the end to put them away and I think probably Boston was like, boy, that was tougher than we thought it was going to be. But we did it and we won. But boy, it was tougher than we thought. Well, I mean, they did a great job defending on Bird. Shot was off the entire entire series. He only shot 41% from the field. All right, rounded up to 42 to make him feel better. Uh, uh, but just, I think he needs that. He needs to feel better. Yeah. Well, you know what? You got to do that off the bricks. <laughs> 
uh, across the beam uh, through the skylight and score. You know, when he's <laughs> battling Michael Jordan for fries uh, in a McDonald's series. But 39 of 93 in the series, only one of three from three-point range. That's fine. Did barely got to the foul line. And when you're shooting that poorly, right, putting pressure on the other guys to step up. And look, you got a loaded lineup, right? All the names you know. Cedric Maxwell, Robert Parrish. You've got... Kevin McHale, ML Carr, like all these guys playing big roles. And of course, Tiny Archibald, uh, everybody's favorite, Chris Ford playing heavy minutes. Those, those are all your principles. And even in this point, Kevin McHale, you know, played only 83 minutes in the series, but you're just expecting a walkover. And, and I think we do this every year where there, there's always a team that suddenly either plays defense or plays defense just enough to kind of mess things up. Right, we've seen that I mean your Houston Rockets in the 2020 season, 2019, 2020. Yeah, I, I, I it has been a long season. Yeah, they didn't make it. I picked them. Well, but just yeah, the idea that at least for bursts, James Harden was playing defense. Yeah. So you're looking around going, what's going on here? <laughs> Again, bizarro world 2020. But the same thing here is a guy who is seemingly unstoppable. Uh, became mortal for a series and, you know, tied 2-2 and then eventually two blowout wins to, to finish the finish off the the Houston Rockets. But you look at Moses Malone did everything he could single handedly to try to keep them in it and, and try to will them towards victory. So he at least backed up the talk. And, you know, you can't fault a good strategy. We say it on the show on Fox Sports Radio all the time. You may not agree with it. It may <laughs> seem a little wrongheaded, poking the bear. But in the end, you know, then anytime you can get a bunch of press off it and it becomes the stuff of legend where we're talking about it 30 years ago of, wow, that was interesting. Imagine that in the social media era, <laughs> era right? Of, hey, what did he do? He went on a podcast because he was in the bubble. He uh, started tweeting on it. I mean, what would Moses Malone's burner account be? Oh, no. You know what? Hey, how about this? I'll tell you exactly what will be said about the Rockets and the Celtics coming off this series in 2020. You ready? I'll tell you exactly. Go ahead. Malone had no help. 22 and 15 in the NBA Finals. No, Robert Reed, Billy Paltz, nobody was good enough. The guy was trying to do it all by himself. Well, I mean, Robert Reed was it. too busy with three young boys of his own. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then for Larry Bird, they would say, oh, yeah, you look, he had the stats. Uh, you know, he, he, it would be like what we would say about LeBron. Yeah, he only scored 15 points. Well, he also averaged 15 rebounds and seven assists. So even though Bird wasn't shooting well, he found other ways to impact the game because he was the leading rebounder and the leading assist maker throughout the entire series. But it would be, yeah, but that's not Bird supposed to lead the team. And it was a bad ter- Look, he shot horrendously <laughs> and it kept it kept the the Rockets in, in, in games because he didn't score more than more than 15 in a game. But he still pulled down 15 rebounds. I mean, this is, yeah. he, 15, this, is, this is him and Moses Malone. 15 rebounds per game and seven assists for Bird. It was great all around, but it would be, oh yeah, LeBron. LeBron couldn't win the MVP. Cedric Maxwell won the MVP. LeBron couldn't win the MVP. Alex Caruso won the MVP. This is not a real title for LeBron. That's, exa- that's what would be said about LeBron now would be the same thing being said about the Celtics back then. Larry Bird isn't that good. He's overrated. He would have done, he would have scored, we should have scored at least 25 a game. That's exactly what people would say. System player, what do you want? (laughs) 
Well, I mean, look, as we go through the annals of NBA history, I mean, there are certain periods where it's like, all right, where was the competition? And I look squarely at the early, earlier Celtics, no disrespect to the great Bill Russell and his teammates. You know, they, they were running circles around the rest of the league uh, as you roll through. Likewise, this Celtics squad was in the midst of, of another monster run, right? A huge decade plus uh, run atop the Eastern Conference. So for Larry Bird, yeah, I mean, you want to go all around, right? Was he taking the big shot at the end? Was he... <laughs> I mean, all of the things that you ascribe to LeBron James or ins- insert superstar here, that it- it'd be just fun to watch how these series would get broken down as they played out. So now you see what I mean when I say two teams that weren't really good, that were the worst and turned into potentially the best. This is the upside down year that was 1981. Uh, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, our show is heard, our radio show is heard five nights a week on Fox Sports Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. Hit us up on Twitter at HowAboutAFresca at Swollen Dome. You have any ideas for future episodes? of special teams hit us up you never know when one could wind up hitting the air that you're listening to that could be your idea also don't forget if you listen you like the show rate us give us five stars we'll love you forever if you don't give us five stars that's fine give us whatever just tell us you gave us five stars we'll talk to you next week with another big episode of special teams special teams is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Redwood Forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.